Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Baggies Broadcast, and believe it or not, it's season four, episode one, the pilot episode of the season, and I am delighted to say that it's the start of a new season, as I said, and Joe Massey is back in action after a, after a well-deserved uh, few days off. Joe, welcome back to the Albion podcast, as ever. Do you have a nice break? Um, I did, mate. Thank you very much. Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't do a lot. Um, just switched off for a week, really. Um, needed it, though, mate, to be honest, because it's been absolutely mental, hasn't it? So uh, I just needed a break from Twitter and bits and bobs like that, because it is relentless. It's 24-7 round the clock at the minute. But yeah, I just, I just chilled out, mate, to be honest. I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed today, based on the fact that I'm currently sat here in the office, in a room we call The Bubble, where we normally do the podcast together, and you've not joined me. I've not. I haven't joined you. I'm, I'm still working from home for now. Um, and do you want to know why? Well, it's not It's not really the only reason. Um, we've kind of got a staggered return. Um, for those For those listening who don't know, uh, there's a bit of a staggered return to the office. Um, at staggered the return as in they've got the talent in first. Well, they're, now they're keeping the talent safe, safe, oh, right. safe at home. <laughs> keep the talent um, safe, yeah, good, that's right, yeah, keep the talent safe, good point, yeah. Yeah, wrap us in cotton wool. Um, no, so there's a staggered return, so myself and Nathan Judah on the digital side, um, we will be in the office now and then, um, but until, uh, for a little while, we're we're kind of playing it safe, we're going to be in, it, one of us will be in once a week, give, give or take most weeks. Uh, how have you found the hectic you know, summer window so far? Because I know you've taken some time off, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in your mate. notifications. I've only had a week off. Oh, yeah, but a week in a transfer like, uh, lingo. I know, yeah, a lot happened as well, didn't it? It was a crazy oh, week. Fans fans were messaging me, saying, oh, just keep Joe off, everything's going down, let let him stay away if, if things are going to happen. How have you found it? It's funny how those fans forget the promotion, isn't it? Oh, yeah. All these tweets saying, stay away, you're a jinx, stay away. And I was like, my God! It was only seven weeks ago. I was at the side of the Hawthorns. We were celebrating promotion. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, Are you taking it personally? I'm taking it personally, mate. I'm taking it personally. No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, look, I always say I'm incredibly blessed to do what I do. I absolutely love this job more than anything. I can't, I mean, I'm so, like, I'm very, very, very grateful. But it is, it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Um, just in terms of Twitter and I mean people just don't I mean you can announce a sign in and they'll reply with something else so we've had obviously our Callum Robinson and um, the Callum Robinson Oliver Burke swap deal today and I think like, you look in the replies and one of them's like what about Kravinovic any news on Carl and Grant and it's just like <laughs> just be happy with that one for today please you just be happy with that one for today so it is it is crazy it is around the clock and getting tweets all the time um, from people sending me trans news I love engaging on Twitter I love I love talking to people I love if if people have got questions, I love answering them. Um, and if anyone if anyone thinks of any details, maybe I might have missed out of a story, I'm always grateful for them to get in touch. And then if I can answer them on Twitter, I obviously will, or maybe include it in a story or something. But I promise you, as, as soon when people tweet me for tra- asking for transfer news, I promise you, I promise them, I want to put out news just as much as they want to hear it, probably more so um, than they want to hear it. So as soon as I have anything, I will. I always um, put something out. The only time I hold it is if I'm trying to hold it for a sneaky. Um, 10.30 which I did on Monday with the Andre Gray um, oh, story yeah. um, and you, we knew we were talking about that in the day weren't we and we were, I, I texted you saying shall I hold it for 10.30 or shall I go with it now um, but I just quite fancy the 10.30 on the first day back after a holiday you can't help yourself can you you love, a, you love a good 10.30 I 
I do love a good ten thirty. I've got a ten thirty tonight, but I think um well it's oh. not it's not it's not very it's not very, it's but it's common knowledge, but it's just confirming a name that's out there basically. But I do think you'll ask me about it in this podcast, so I'll probably have to go before ten thirty. Oh yeah, hundred percent I'm gonna ask you about it. I've got so many names to ask you about. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're definitely um, gonna ask me then, so I'll pull it out before. Shall we shall we get into it? Shall we get into it? Get into it, mate. We're seven and a half yeah. minutes into this, this and what what have we talked about so far? Oh, although your health is very important, I should say that. Yeah, 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 to be fair. Um Let's talk the ins and outs. Let's talk the ins and outs. So let's run through all of Albion's business so far. It's kind of crazy that the start of the season, by the way, is less than a week away now. Um, I mean, it's absolutely, it seems to have come upon us so quickly. Um, but the ins, the first one we're going to talk about, um, Cedric Kipre, 900 grand. Uh, could be a business for Mateus, no? What's that? Oh, well, Mateus, I... This is the thing we all kind of knew Mateus was happening, and you and you said like it was an obligation. It was gonna it was gonna go through. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like everyone's kind of taught that to death. Everyone kind of knew he was an Albion player, right? Yeah, it's all it's all done. It does. I think everyone did get a little bit worried, didn't they? Because it dragged on, dragged on. But as we said on this podcast many a time, it was just a case of letting him. Con- it was it was that Blues game, wasn't it, that made it an actual obligation to buy? And I think after that, it was nine games in thirty three days, or eight games in whatever because the Blues game was the, was the first of the nine, and it was just mm. a case of letting him concentrate on his football. But yeah, I mean, we've got to say, though, we are absolutely, everyone, I mean, that is a massive, even though we said it all along, it was still a fantastic day, wasn't it, to see it, see that news confirmed, because he's just a magician. When that tweet came out, Albion admin, I tell you what, their notifications must have been something else. Oh, and, and deservedly so. I mean, look, there's it's always this discrepancy with assists. Um I always write you got 20 assists last season. The official, so it depends where you get your assists from. Like I think officially on some websites you got 16. On, on transfer market it's 20. The difference is that they count penalties one. Um, mm. So I always say he's got 20 assists because at the end of the day, if you win a penalty and they score from it, that's an assist for me. And let's be honest, he wants the assists and we want to give them to him, so it's absolutely fine. But um, I mean, for a player that got 20 assists last season, in the Premier League, the only person who gets near that is Kevin De Bruyne, isn't it? Um, mm. I'm not saying Pereira's going to do a Kevin De Bruyne next season, but he is going suppl- to create a hell of a lot of chances for Albion next season. Um, there's no doubt about it. I genuinely believe he's going to take the Premier League by storm. £8.25 million. Pounds. It's just a wonderful deal. Wonderful. I'll tell you what, they don't, they don't come much, uh, much more of a bargain than that, do they? I mean... As, as you said, you know, 20 assists and, what was it, eight goals, still not good enough for PFA team of the season for some reason, which is bizarre to Absolutely me. Absolutely ridiculous decision, yeah. Um, I know it's, it's supposedly voted for by, you know, fellow players and there's some there's some Albion fans on Twitter who maybe um, have referenced uh, that, you know, maybe another uh, other players might be a little bit, you know, jealous, bitter maybe, you know, just one of them where he's, he's, he's you know, like a kid at school who was good at everything in PA, PA, and you just really disliked him for no reason. Yeah, I think maybe it, sort of the theatrics don't help, like the fact that way he does, I mean, let's be honest, he does go down as if he's been shot sometimes. Um, and I think that might have gone against him, but <clears throat> in terms of, for me, he was the best player in the championship last season. Um, yeah. And for that reason, he should walk into that side, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah, and you compare the price that Albion have, have ended up paying for him. I know it was obviously kind of all discussed before, but you look at some of the fees being banded about today and, and we've seen Ollie Watkins, he's gone to Villa today. He's talking like £28 million up front and a potential for £33 million. 
Pereira for that price. Oh my word, what a piece of business. I mean, absolutely. I mean, look, we know Ollie Watkins, I'm glad you brought it up actually, because look, we know we know Ollie Watkins was an Albion tar- target. Is it, yeah, that might be a slightly stronger word. We know, we know Albion would have loved to sign Ollie Watkins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been abundantly clear based all this whole window, if not before, that he was going to go for an awful lot of money, money that Albion would not be willing to pay, um, really. Um, and now he's gone for 28 to 33. I've got to say, I'm a big Ollie Watkins fan. I think he was excellent last season. I think he can do a bit of everything. Um, I think he's a very, very complete forward. I think he's a very good player. Um, but that is a lot of money. A lot of money. I think they've overpaid a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Proust and, yeah, I mean, I, the Proust and the pudding, isn't it? If he scores 15 goals next season, they haven't. Um, but, and he's a good age, but it's, I, think, I think all Albion fans would have loved to seen Ollie Watkins at the Hawth- as an Albion player next season. But mm. I don't know how many of them would pay that for him. I so I think everyone so, will step away from that now and be quite relieved that Albion haven't done that deal. Here's a question. Who's a bigger risk? Ollie Watkins for 28 million or Wolves' obviously club record signing which was which was announced last week. Fabio Silva, 35 million for an 18-year-old who has scored I think it's three senior goals. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's that a is, lot of money. That's a huge risk to me. I mean look, if he's as, for foot like I don't know if people I mean I'm a big football manager. I play loads of football manager and he is he is a superstar on it. Um, and he's got these incredible comparisons and he, he does sound like he's going to be an absolute world beat one day but at 18 he's got to leave home he's got to move to a completely different country he's only mm. played a handful of games he's scored one league goal um, I mean look to me it's just it's just another little inkling inkling that Wolves are on the rapid decline that I hope they are I'm pretty confident they're going to sell Raul Jimenez, replace him with a kid who can't adapt to English football, and within a couple of months, Nuno Espirito Santo is going to leave, and everything is just going to go out the window. But that is just my, me and my wishful thinking. Um, we need to crack on and talk about Albion, but fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I'll tell you what, some big risks going on. Uh, one man, not a risk. Uh, you wouldn't think for the price anyway. As I said, Cedric Kiprate, what man, 900 grand? Um... Wigan, of course, not in the best position financially. The way things are going, they're in a really poor position. Um, and obviously with administrators there, fee pretty easy to, to sort out. Um, there's no risk there, really, is there? Because you've paid such a minimal price for them, respectively, in terms of you know the money being banded about in transfers. 900 grand for a, for a defender who, who he might make the grade. We don't, we don't know. I'm really, you know, obviously not tested in the Premier League. But if he, if he does the job, then he, he could be seen as a right, right bargain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got to say, it's, you, if I, if I'm struggling for stories like uh, on certain days, I, every now and again I do like a, maybe five players to look at, or do you know what I mean? Just four players that, but they're based on no inside knowledge. I don't know if Albion are looking at those players, but just four or five players I think maybe they might look at. And I did one on centre backs, and annoyingly, really, really annoyingly, he was on my list. <laughs> and I didn't put. I only did four, and I didn't put him in. It was when it was sort of a, um, when it was sort of sort of became obvious that Shane Duffy was going to go to Saltek, mm. um, and I had him on the list. And I had him on the list. Look, I've I've only seen him play twice against Albion last season, and he was brilliant in both games. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and I can remember thinking, then, oh, I wonder, I wonder. Um, 
if he could um, sort of be a target further down the line because he did look very very good um, and then obviously now he has gone 900k the truth is we don't know an awful lot about him do we he's had a spell in Scotland he was at Leicester um, as a youngster I think he did look great last season Wigan did very very well of course um, mm. following the restart or sort of really from the turn of the year incredibly unfortunate to go down obviously what happened there has been well documented but to me, it looks a very good sign, and it's interesting. Where where does he fit in? I, I honestly don't know. Um, does he go into the side next to next to Shemi Ajayi? Will he be? Will he sort of be back up? Maybe Tom Adagazi or Carl Bartley to start the season. I don't know. But again, he's a good age. It's it's not a lot of money, um, and we'll get into this. We'll probably get into this further down the line. But it's probably easier easiest to say it now, right at the start. Is look, we know Albion are. I have to box clever in this transfer window. We know that they haven't got an awful lot of money. We, we, I sat down with Mark Jenkins. He sort of explained how um, how much promotion is worth, how it works. Um, you essentially get a fifty million pound immediate payment, um, mm. to which forty million went out straight away. So you do get your hundred and forty million overall. That figure that's widely reported, but that is based on parachute payments. If Albion were to go down, it's based over the next three years. So we think. And it's been reported elsewhere that Albion roughly have a transfer budget of 25 to 30 million pounds this summer. Mm-hmm. Now, Kipper has come in for 900,000 pounds. That is an absolute steal. It makes such a small dent into that budget. It's such a small dent. And then you look at the fact that David Button's come in as the goalkeeper. I know we're going to get on to him, but he's coming for a million pounds. But Jonathan Lecco has left for a million pounds. So that completely evens it out. We're going to get into the Callum Robinson Oliver Burke, but from what we understand, that's a straight swap deal. So all these deals are being done, and they're they're costing such they're just they're just such great value. Um, mm. Someone at Albion said to me, I won't say who it was, but someone at Albion said to me, never ever underestimate Luke Dowling's ability to get deals done. He said to me, he doesn't know how he does it, how how he gets these deals. It amazes people how Dowling manages to get these deals done. Um, and he is he is great at this. I mean, look, the truth is, it's all about results and the and the proofs in the pudding. And it'll be Dowling's Dowling, like every manager at Albion, is going to be judged on results. But you look at the window last summer, absolutely fantastic. I think last season the only sign that didn't really work out was Kenneth Sahore. He was the only one. Other than that, every single one of them was a fantastic bit of business. And we've talked a million times before, Danel Furlong, Shemi Ajay, Remain Sawyers, about six million quid for three of them. It's absolutely brilliant. So far this window, um, I think Dowlin's done so well on the budget he has been given. It's not like, this is Gouch and Lies. It's Gouch and Lies that's setting the budget at that. It's not Dowlin's having to work within the restrictions he's being placed under. Um, So... I think he's doing incredibly well, um, incredibly well so far. Um, look, there's more work to be done, of course there is. Look, we know they're in the market for a striker. Carlin Grant looks to be the favoured option. Andre Gray is an option. There's still deals to be done. I'm sure fans distance this would like a midfielder, and I'm sure fans probably would like a left-back as well. Um, mm. But so far, so on a £25 million, pound, 20, 25 £30 million pound budget, whatever it is Albion have got, at this moment in time, I don't think we could be asking any more from Dowling. I really, really don't. I agree with you. Um, and you say, you know, value, 
Um, one man they're certainly getting value out of, uh, although it is it is a big big amount of money they've spent. Uh, Grady Dean Garner, he's in, he's in on a permanent this time, um, and what we understand, twelve million up front, rising to eighteen million. I tell you what, I mean the fallout on West Ham Twitter, it wasn't just fans, it was players. It was it was it was journalists. I mean, it was a it was a blooming skipper of the club, um, having a pop at the board there at West Ham. Albion have had their, pan, their pants down really, haven't they? Twelve million going up to eighteen for a player of Craig Ian Garner's quality and potential. Uh, he has a good season in the Prem next year with Albion. He could be he could quite easily be worth double that. I agree completely and. Before before I left, before I had my week's annual leave, I, I wrote a comment piece just trying to explain everything we understood about the transfer window so far. And in that piece, I wrote that um, Albion want Grady Dean Garner. Mm-hmm. Why on earth wouldn't they? He's absolutely incredible. But let's be honest, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very unlikely they sign him because West Ham would be absolutely crazy to let him go. Now, do you know what? I kind of stand by that statement um, because... We, from what we understand, Albion have always obviously Albion have always made it clear to West Ham. Look, if you're going to sell Grady, pick up the phone to us. We want him. Mm. But from what we understand, Albion never ever expected to sign Grady Dean Garner this window. They thoroughly expected him to go back to West Ham and, well, play for them. Let's be honest, be in their first team. You look at the pre-season he's had with West Ham. That's Sebastian Haller. He played, they played in the pre-season friendly. That Haller got two goals. I think it was two or three. I can't remember if it was two or three goals. But he was on the, he was on the, he was on the score sheet more than once. And yeah. both of them were set up. or two, They were set up by Grady Dean Garner. And he said, after the match, I am really looking forward to playing with Grady this year. Hopefully mm. that is a sign of things to come. Him setting up chances for me. And you think, wow. How has it got to the stage where... Albion said to me months ago that they thought that if Grady Dean Garner left left West Ham, the fee would start with a two. They never ever felt a deal for twelve million pounds rising to all right, it rises to eighteen, which is obviously getting close to that twenty million pound mark. But I mean for on a five year deal, you talk about players of potential, you talk about players with a resale value. I mean Dean Garner is just you couldn't do a better deal. I mean, look, it's taken a large chunk out of Albion's transfer budget. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, it wasn't a sign they expected to make, and they've had to move and go. We need to get this over the line. He's just too good. To, he's too good to to not sign. Um, but I mean, it's just a fun, absolutely fantastic deal. And like you say, the meltdown from West Ham. Mark Noble is Mr. West Ham. So for him to go on Twitter and tweet what he did, I think Declan Rice on Instagram. I can't, Jack Wilshire as well. Jack Wilshire as well. Um, they know how good this lad is. They know, and I thought, I have to admit, I thought Grady made a fantastic point in his interview when he said, I want to kick on. Last season was my first proper season in football. Mm. And he's so right. Like, Look, he played for West Ham a few times um, the year before, but as a first team regular, last season was his first season. He is only going to kick on and get better. Um, I just... I, I just find it absolutely remarkable West Ham agreed to sell him. Absolutely so, remarkable. It's amazing, isn't it? And I've been trying to kind of read into this to try and find out you know, the reasoning because it just doesn't seem to add up, does it? Apparently, they've got all these wingers. You know, They've got the likes of Philippe Anderson, um, who, who's 
at times he, he's done okay, but last season was poor. You know, the likes of Pablo Fornells, he's an attacking player. They've spent a lot of money on these forward-thinking players, and they were kind of open to selling these because they've, they've almost kind of set out their stall as, you know, we've got to sell to buy here. Um, and the only offer came in for Grady, and it happened to be, obviously, you know, from Albion, who obviously wanted him back. And uh, it was one of them where, late on, you did see other clubs who were being linked, to, you know, the likes of Fulham, the likes of Villa, who saw the deal that Albion were on the brink of, and obviously it went through anyway, so there was no no worries. But, I mean, that just it just seems an absurd fee. Um, but if they're having to sell to buy, and the, the, like you said, the noises that they made, especially on social media, I mean, two days before the, the transfer went through, they were tweeting him a, a picture of him and Jared Bowen saying that this is, can't wait to see this in the Premier League. So it seems to have gone over everyone's heads including David Moyes, because I think Moyes made noises as if he wanted to play in this season. It's, mm. it's literally a board decision, and it's one which is absolutely absurd, in my opinion, for them. Obviously, Albion have benefited from it massively, but it's absolutely crazy. I agree. Like I said, crazy, crazy, crazy. But West Ham's loss is very, very much Albion's gain. Um, and I just think, I don't know, for me, I, I thought you could see last season that Pereira, Dean Garner, and in my opinion, Cullen Robinson as well, um, were too good for the championship. I, I, I think they're Premier League players. So to have all three of them back, um, oh, I just think it's fantastic news. Mm. West Ham, um, mental. Absolutely mental. And, and let's talk about Callum Robinson as well. Cause Burton obviously come in one million quid. Very similar, boat, I think, to, to someone like Kipre, who's, you know, he'll offer competition to Sam Johnson. He's cheap. Um, is is a, a good enough deal, isn't it? Whereas Callum Robinson, you look at that and the swap deal for Ollie Burke. I mean, this is another deal where you look at Luke Downing, you've just got to applaud him because Ollie Burke, he's he's not really done anything at Albion. He's obviously signed for for fifteen million quid. There was a lot of pressure on his shoulders because of that fee. Never worked out. I I actually personally want to see him kick on and do well somewhere. I think he's got the tools to be a, a really exciting player, but he never really showed that Albion hasn't really showed it on loan. Uh, but to get a swap deal for someone like Callum Robinson, who's, you know, obviously enjoyed his time at the club on loan, can score a goal, and as you said, is a Premier League quality player, and he is in in my opinion, uh, as well. That's a I'll tell you what, what business? I mean, it's an unbelievable deal. I mean, look, Oliver Burke. Look, look, look you read, you read Twitter, and there's not a lot positive written about him. Bless him, you know, from Albion fans. I've got to be honest, I've not seen an awful lot of him. Um, but what what we know for sure is he just. This just hasn't worked. He is he is not felt at home at the Hawthorns, basically from the day he arrived. Um, he definitely struggled to cope with the pressure um, at the transfer fee, which I think this could be a great this swap deal could be great really because mm. it's harsh to say that Sheffield United didn't want Callum Robinson, but they're, they're willing to let him go, aren't they? So he's essentially replaced the player now that was on the way out anyway. There's no real I wouldn't say there's any real pressure on Burke heading to Sheffield United now. No, he's got the tools. He's got these physical attributes that basically managers think they can work with. Technically, there's a lot of question marks over him. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed for him. He, look, fingers crossed he makes a move because obviously something there. But the, you look at it now, and the one I'm just I've just said there. Technically, there's big question marks over Oliver Burke. Technically, there are no question marks over Callum Robinson. He is a wonderfully gifted footballer. I think he's I just cutting enough. I do think his his best position is off the left. Mm. Um, but it's interesting in Luke Dowling's quotes today. They, they've said they see him. In, they also see him in that central role. 
that central striker role, which is where Bilic played him, of course, against QPR in the final day, of the yeah. final day of last season, the game where promotion was clinched. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Robinson start um, on Saturday, on Sunday, as as that central striker with Dean Garner one side and Pereira the other. Um, but I just think, I'd, I, I mean, I say it all the time, but I do, I do, I really think he's 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 top drawer and. I just, I just can't believe it. Again, I just can't believe it's a straight swap. So we've we've, we've we found out today that there's basically there's no fee. Um, obviously, how often do you see them kind of deals? By the way, they don't happen anymore. They, they don't happen anymore, but I think they might become a lot more frequent post COVID nineteen because everyone is everyone is well, clubs who aren't bankrolled by an owner, um, aka Villa, are. And more, are not gonna are gonna have to be more savvy with their money. So I think you will see it more often. But I mean, yeah, it's just so what we have. So look, when when any player signs for a club, there's always extra clauses, isn't there? Based on goals, based on appearances, based on what they achieve, this, that, and the other. And there's there are those clauses with Robinson and Burke. So if Burke scores twenty goals next season, then Albion will have to pay Sheffield United will have to pay more money. So there will be money exchanged at somewhere along the line. But from what I've told is it's so minimal, the differences between them, um, that this is basically a, a, straight, a straight swap. It's like Robinson's moved on a free transfer and Burke has moved on a free transfer, really. Um, which, again, is just credit to Luke Dowling because it doesn't it doesn't affect Albion's budget at all. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Chris Wilder, he likes a wild card player, doesn't he? Because they signed Ravel Morrison, if you remember, last season. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I don't know, someone said to me, I won't say who, but Burke is basically a bit of a vanity project for a manager. Yeah. Because so many, so many managers have basically struggled to tap into that talent that managers want to prove that they can be the one to do it, and maybe maybe that's what this is. But, yeah, see how he goes, good luck, good luck to him. But, um, look, for me, Callum Robertson is hands down the better footballer. Um, hands down, yeah. five-year deal, four-year deal for Pereira, five-year deal for Dean Garner, five-year deal for Robinson. Albion have secured three brilliant forwards, all of which their long-term future is going to be at the Hawthorns. If it isn't, they're probably going to be sold for way more than they were paid than they than they cost Albion. Let's be honest. Pereira is going to go more than eight million. Robinson's going to go more than three, and Dean Garner's going to go more than twelve, rising to eighteen or whatever it is. So, I just think. I just, I just, I mean, we're just constantly saying the same thing, but I think it's great business. I really do. Yeah, you bang on there, and it's it's worth mentioning that with the the lengths of the deals because a lot of the time you see a club sign someone, and it could be a three year deal, or it could be a two year deal, or whatever. Five year deals, four year deals, like you said, it's protected. It's not only is it protecting you know the club in terms of oh there won't be an offer in him, or if there's an offer in 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 a year's time. You know, Albion are in a great position in terms of well, he's got four years left on his contract or three years. We we can play hardball with the fee. Yes, that's great. What it also does is, you know, it it it, it lets fans know that there is a commitment to the kind of the message that Albion are trying to push out there with, you know, Slav and Bilic and and signing these players on long term deals. It gives you a little bit more as a fan anyway, a little bit more safe in the knowledge that these players are going to be around for a while. It's not. It's not just a a quick kind of. Oh, let's let's get him in and then we'll sell him next season. That is is it's very much like this is a view to a long term thing and it's great to see. Yeah, and I've said all along that that Billich has been sold this sort of 
not dream at Albion, but it's, and he's very much on board with this gradual progress. Um, he would love to be at Albion long term, of which every year they make steady, steady, steady progress. No sort of rush. It's not. It's not. Who knows what's going to happen next season? But it's, it's probably not going to be what Wolves did and get promoted and finish straight in the Europa League places. Look, we we know that if we're being honest. But what he has signed up for and what he is really on board with and why he feels so happy at Albion is because it's just this, it's. It's like putting together the pieces of the jigsaw, is how he looks at it, and gradually building this strong, established Premier League side is what Bilic has sort of signed up for. And these three players should be a major part of that over the next three, four, whatever years, because well, they've signed for that amount of time, um, and fingers crossed, yeah, they'll just they'll they'll stick around and it'll just it'll all it'll all go to plan. But that that's 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 why it's so refreshing to see these. Look, it can go wrong, can't it? Oliver Burke signed a five-year deal, um, yeah. so it doesn't always work. You can see why there's pros and cons to short-term and long-term deals. But I, to me, there's very little risk with these three players. Well, ne- there's next to no risk with these three players for me. They're yeah. just they're quality additions. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's quickly run through the outs. Um, Kane Wilson went on a free to Forest Green. Uh, Nathan Ferguson, obviously, to Palace. We're still waiting on a fee to be determined for that one, aren't we? That one looks like it's going to go down to uh, a tribunal, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, it will, it will go down to tribunal. I think Palace have put in a cheeky bid to try and stop it going to a tribunal, but um, that was rejected at hand by Albion. So it, it, it's highly likely to go to tribunal. When that tribunal will be is the big question. That these drag on and on and on and on and on. I think... I don't know if I'll have to double check. I should have looked because I knew this would come up. But I, I think the Danny Ings uh, tribunal when he left um, Burnley for Liverpool, mm. I think that took about 18 months. So, look, hopefully it'll be a lot quicker than that. Um, but I think what we can say now very confidently is that Albion will not have the Ferguson money this window. Yeah. I think we can say that very confidently, whether or not they can get this tribunal done before the January transfer window opens. I don't see why not. I mean, how hard can it be, really, to get these people behind a table? I really don't know. But the, for some reason, whatever reason it is, I don't know. I've got no no like indication as to why, but these things take a long time. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait for that one. But I think at a very, very bare minimum, Albion should be looking at £6 million with add-ons if not if not more really having agreed an 11 million pound deal last January for him they should be getting a, a very sizable sum for Nathan Ferguson yeah definitely should be um, another man who left um, Jonathan Lecco to Blues 1 million quid you kind of touched on it earlier um, it was a shame to see him get injured when he did because obviously he was doing so well at Charlton but realistically for Albion he wasn't going to get an opportunity in the Premier League so you see a deal like that and you think is, is it best for all parties yeah, Lecco's one. I feel like a, like you know a lot of people are saying they're going to keep tabs on Oliver Burke now he's left and see how his career progresses. I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm not massively bothered about Burke because I don't. I've never. I've only seen him play a couple of times, and he obviously mm. wasn't. I didn't see him at all last season. But Lecco is a is a is a different one for me. I am genuinely interested to see how he goes because one, he's a lovely lad. Um, he's the first Albion player I interviewed. Actually, I interviewed him and Nathan Ferguson at an England under twenty game. Um, a smashing lad, surprisingly shy, um, really nice lad. Um, the injury came at a hammer blow for him, really, really bad time because he's look, he was a winger. He's he's always been a winger at Albion. He went to Charlton. He was playing in the front two. He was playing alongside a player called Lyle Taylor, who 
I greatly admire. I think he's a fantastic forward. Very, very different careers. Lecco having a bit always come through an academy at Albion, obviously. Lyle Taylor having to sort of come through the non-league setup to make the step up. So mm-hmm. he was a really good mentor for him um, in that pub, now playing in a front two for Charlton, learning that new role. He played up front for England that night. Um, I watched him. And it was just a real shame he got sort of... His progress got hampered by that injury. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he does at Blues. I'm certainly going to keep tabs on him. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see where they play him. Very, very quick Lecco story because we are running out of time. But mm. well, not we are. We need to crack on. But when Slavon Bilic was interviewed for the Albion job, you know, in every interview, well, when anyone's interviewed for any job, they sort of say at the end of it, "Have you got? Have you got any questions?" Yeah. Well, when they asked that to Slavin, his one of his questions was, "What's happened to Jonathan Lecco?" Because mm. he what Lecco played for Albion against his West Ham side and was outstanding apparently, and from that day on, Bilic had always had a keen interest in Lecco, but he'd obviously not featured very heavily for Albion. Um, I don't know what was said at that point, um, but he was certainly a player that Bilic admired. Um, but I think everyone feels now especially with Albion in the Prem, that it's in his best interest to move, isn't it, and play. Yeah. And I think it's great for him he's gone to Blues, because it's only down the road. I'm sure he hasn't... He's probably living in the same house or wherever he was. So, but yeah, interesting one, because there's a good player in there. There is a good player in there. Um, and he, and like I said, he is a lovely lad, so I, I, I genuinely wish him all the best. Yeah, hopefully he can, uh, he can go and forge a really strong career for himself. And... Couple other exits: Callum Morton and Alex Palmer, two young lads, of course, um, off to Lincoln. Uh, no surprise there with with Appleton in charge there. Um, good opportunity for them. Both of them have stood out on loan previously. Um, a couple of fans messaged me when it when it happened on tw- on Twitter, and they were saying they wanted to see, particularly Morton, um, have a pop at you know some, maybe at a championship level. I mean, he's he's a player who's shown a lot of promise, but. Uh, obviously, the Appleton factors has, has has paved the way there, hasn't it? Yeah, and and I, I do understand that. I mean, what I would say, he's a little terrier, Callum Morton. Mm. He's a little terrier. He works his absolute socks off, and he's, he can score goals. He can. He's a, he's a finisher. So I just think I, I don't. I think you're best off stepping through the levels personally. He could have gone to the championship. Alex Palmer potentially could have gone to the championship as well. I think when when he left. Plymouth at the end of last season he was obviously League 2 goalkeeper of the year yeah. was integral to their promotion Ryan Lowe said that um, the Bolt, Plymouth manager sorry Ryan Lowe said um, he thinks Palmer could potentially end up on loan at a championship club next season he's gone to League 1 with Lincoln obviously with Callum Moore and I, and I do think I do think that's a good I do think that's a good move for him. I think they, they both benefit from sort of shining at that level the gaps between the divisions are massive so there's not a lot, in my opinion this is, but there's not a lot of difference between League 1 and League 2. I think if you go up from League 2, you're probably going to be comfortable, you can be quite comfortable in League 1. If you go down from League 1, you mm. can be struggling in League 2. It's not, they're very similar divisions, they're not a million miles away from each other. The Championship's quite a stretch in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's great to go through the levels. So I think if they can just, if they can shine there, then maybe the following season goes to the championship. That would be, to me, that would be a very steady, natural progression. Um, but yeah, see how they go. But again, two players with great, who have got bright futures. 
fingers crossed to Albion. It might not be. It might be that they get sold further down the line for a decent fee or whatever. But who knows? But because Albion have got a very, very promising goalkeeper and a lad called Josh Griffiths. Mm. Um, he was out on loan at Cheltenham at the minute. And I think he's played two games, two clean sheets. Already people are putting a showreel together of him and some of his saves. So uh, maybe who knows? Alex Palmer might be Albion number one in five years. I don't know. But it's really important when these players go out, play every week, improve. And they'll get that at Lincoln. They they will play every week and they will improve. So, good again, good moves for me. Yeah, same. Um, and obviously, we've already discussed Ollie Burke, who's gone to Sheffield United. Now, there have been players linked, of course, with Albion, and the the big one, which well, let's not start with the big one. Let's start with one who was who was here last season, uh, Philip Kravinovic. There's some worry about Albion Twitter now. I don't know if you saw the Callum Robinson announcement. CR seven. They went full CR7, which um, I commented on, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo. But Callum Robinson, he's taken number seven, which has got fans thinking, is Philip Kravinovic coming back? Because, of course, Kravinovic last season, guess what number he wore? Number seven. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that, to be honest. So, I mean, we sat down with Callum Robinson last when he signed in January. and Because he, he, wore, he wore 47, I think, last season. Yeah. And... Um, and I asked him, I was like, "What? why do you wear 47? And he was like, well, if you add four and seven, it's 11. And I like wearing number 11 or number seven. And when I was at... And it basically, if you look at the numbers, he explained it all. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was like being on an episode of Countdown. If you look at... <laughs> he's either worn seven or 11 in his career or a combination of numbers that add up to those numbers. Um... <laughs> And so, and he went through it all. And we were all just sat there like, we couldn't keep up with him, to be fair. But he knew all the numbers. He, he really likes to, he's one of those players, you get a lot of them like it. He likes to have a number seven or a number 11 on his shirt. He just, he just, it makes him feel better. So, yeah. he would have really wanted seven. And, and, and I've got to be honest, I'd imagine Callum Robinson would have wanted seven more than Philip Kravinovich would be bothered about it, if I'm being honest. Because, let's be honest, Kravinovich is just, happy every minute of every day anyway he's just a happy little soul isn't he yeah uh, um so i wouldn't read too much into it look i i really think i personally think philip kravinovich will be um an albion player next season this season is it this season now it's yeah this, this season, season now this probably this season now um this season i do there is a stumbling block um there's been a lot of talks with benfica it looks like it's going to be a loan but there's been talks about a loan on a permanent it's all about the fee at the end of it Um, I do think Kravinovic will return look from what we hear Kravinovic is desperate to come back Slavin Bilic has given an interview saying how he sees him as he's a priority signing and I don't mean to sound disrespectful to Kravinovic but I don't think there's many other clubs banging down the door to sign him I think he'd be a fantastic signing and I think he got much he really improved as the season progressed last season um and I think he'll, he'll step up and do well in the Premier League. But I think there's a there's a, there's a want from every side, Albion's, Kravinovic's and Benfica's, that Kravinovic is an Albion player next this season. Um, it's dragging on, there's no doubt about it. And there is this stumbling block about how much Albion will have to pay next summer. Hmm. Um, I think they probably... Look, I think Benfica want roughly £10 million for him. I think Albion think it should be a lot less. Not a lot less, but less. Um, say seven. Yeah, say seven, six to seven maybe. Um, which, when you've just signed Mateus Pereira for eight, 
Um, I think you can see Albion's logic. Um, when you've just swapped Callum Robinson for Oliver Burke, again, I think you can see the logic. There are There, there is value out there at the moment. Um, so... Look, it's gonna it's gonna keep going. It's gonna keep going. It's gonna keep going. It wouldn't surprise me if it's one of them that goes late into the window. I'm constantly told whenever I ask about Kovinovich, I'm constantly told that progress is being made, that everything is moving in the in the right direction. But for some reason, we're just not getting this final. It's it. It's done. Kovinovich is an Albion player again. But I tr I honestly believe he will be. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. See. This is this is an interesting point though because another player being linked, of course, with Albion, Connor Gallagher. Now, and bang goes my ten thirty. There goes your ten thirty. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he was heavily linked with the move to Crystal Palace, and now Palace are after Michi Batshuayi again on loan. And due to Premier League rules, you can only take one loanee from a fellow Premier League club. So Crystal Palace obviously prioritise a striker over a midfielder. Thus, they're going for Michi Batshuayi, which means Conor Gallagher cannot go to Crystal Palace on loan. Albion, as you've said, have always held an interest in him. Now, this, here's my question. Chelsea offer you Conor Gallagher on loan. They say, you can have him on loan for the season. Uh, no option to buy. Or you can get Kravinovic for, say, £9 million. If you had to pick between the two, who would you go for? Honest answer, take them both. You take both of them? Yeah, so the story which I might as well put out whenever now is it's not it's not it's not earth shattering, but it, what I understand is that positive talks between Albion and the representatives of Conor Gallagher there's been positive talks between Albion, Chelsea and the representatives of Conor Gallagher. What mm. I also understand is that there's other interest. Um Leeds being one of them, Leeds are also keen on him. But from what is a good feel to me about Gallagher and Albion. Um, it would not surprise me at all if um, Gallagher is an Albion player on loan next this season. Keep saying next season. What I, what my story is essentially saying is I, I, I know that there has been contact. Mm. Conor Gallagher is a target. Simple as that. Um, he's been someone that Luke Dowling has admired for a very, very long time. He's been someone that Albion have looked at even before. He moved to Charlton and Swansea on loan. He, he, he tore it up for Chelsea's youth team, um, under-23s or whatever. Um, and he's always been a player Albion of thought, you know what, he might be worth signing somewhere down the line. Um, let's be honest, it's very, very hard to break into Chelsea's team, isn't it? Um, Especially with the signings they're making. And I think they've always looked at Conor Gallagher. And I'm talking long-term, I'm genuinely talking long-term, as someone who will make it, who will step up, who will be a Premier League player one day, but who may not break into that Chelsea team, who, who might have to leave Chelsea to do that. So, yeah, we understand that Conor Gallagher is very much a target. Um, I think, it, look, I don't, there's loads of, loads of questions probably about this, and we're, we're almost at 50 minutes without getting to questions yet. And I know you, you've got something to do at four o'clock, but... Uh, for me personally, I talk about it every time we do the podcast. For me personally, you need three in the middle next year. You need three. Mm. You need to play three central midfielders. Look, Bilic likes the four-two-three-one. It, it, Livermore and Sawyer's. I absolutely think both of them are fantastic. But it worries me having two of them in the. I just think they're going to be overrun. Um, so I think you have to go three in the middle. And if that's the case, let's say Kravinovic is to return, I think Conor Gallagher would be an excellent alternative. Sawyer, it, it, 
Sawyer's Livermore and Kovinovic can't play every game. You've got Raheem Harper, you've got Sam Field in there as well um, to provide competition and cover, which you're going to need, which is fantastic. But but Conor Gallagher's ready to go for me in the Premier League. There's the, he, he will he will shine. Um, so I think if they can get them both, I think that would be um, very good. Very well. I think it'd be I think it'd be a really good really good idea personally. You know what else seems like a really good idea? Go on. Carl and Grant. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, if they can get a deal done for him, because he's the big one, the big one now, isn't it? Everyone wants a striker. Everyone sees Carl and Grant. He scored all them goals for what was, let's be honest, a pretty poor championship side last season. And fans will look at, going back to Ollie Watkins, the amount of goals he scored and the fee that he's gone for. They'll think if you can get Carl and Grant with the number of goals he's scored, for the fee being mentioned, which is what it's meant to be around 16 million uh they think that's a that's a bit, bit a good bit of business well, we know that we we're pretty pretty sure that Huddersfield wants 16 million for Grant Albion haven't got that money now um not to pay up front that's the issue so look we they've spent 12 on on Grady they spent what 2 million elsewhere basically but we think that a 16 million pounds up front for Carl and Grant is going to be a push when they've got other deals to do as well, Albion, let's not forget. So hmm. they are in talks with Huddersfield to find a way to structure that deal. Um, what I understand is, is they've obviously got other irons in the fire. One of them is Andre Gray. Um, so I think I think Andre Gray on loan is basically very, very possible. And Albion could probably do that deal tomorrow. But at this moment in time, they're going after Grant. Yeah. They want Grant and they want him on a permanent deal. Again, I think he's 22 years old. Um, off the top of my head, Colin Grant, I could be wrong, but I think he's 22 years old. He scored 19 goals last season, as you say, in a, in a Huddersfield team that was that's going, that underwent massive transition. Massive transition. Um, from the manager, who I always forget, who started the season, to the Cowley brothers, who, let's be honest, are, are, are direct. They play in a direct way. Um, so I think for him to score that amount of goals is... A real achievement. I've, I, I watched him a couple of times with Charlton. I always thought he was he was he was class. Really, I've I've, I've seen this on this podcast before. The one player I really want to sign was Ollie Watkins. If it was possible to do, if it was, a, if you could structure a sixteen million pound deal for Ollie Watkins, that's the one I quite, kind of wanted. My backup mm-hmm. to him would be Carlin Grant. We've seen a lot. I think Andre Gray could do well. You look at he didn't score a lot of goals last season, but you look at the seasons before that. He's Sort of got around 10 in the Premier League. He's, he, there's a reason why Watford spent £11.5 million on him from Burnley. But I do like Carlin Grant. I really do like Carlin Grant. Um, I'd love to see him as an Albion player. Um, yeah. If Both you... are in the mould of the striker that Albion really need as well. Someone mobile, someone with a bit of pace who knows where the goal is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my opinion. Look. Billich likes to play with a with a striker that can hold the ball up and bring other players into play, um, but I think they need they need more pace up there. They need that pace, um, and Carlin Grant to me is an excellent option. He, and he scores goals. He does score goals, um, and I think Albion are looking at that market. They're looking. They're trying to look for those players in the Championship. Because there is more value in champ, well, bar Ollie Watkins, but there is value in championship players, players who you're paying a little bit of potential for, 
And I think if you look at the strikers in the Championship who could step up to the Premier League, who could replicate their form in the Premier League, I think Carlin Grant is right up there personally. I think he's got yeah. a cracking chance. Um, I'd, ag- I'd agree. So he's the one I really want now. I really want, I mean, I really want Grant. I really want Karinovic. I really want Sam Gall- Conor Gallagher. Um, and look, in an ideal world, you bring in a left back. Um, but money doesn't grow on trees. Um, and by the sounds of it, it doesn't it doesn't appear that a player like Kieran Gibbs is going to get much interest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, Gibbs is 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 one of those, isn't it? Like, if he could stay fit, I'm sure there'd be loads of clubs interested in him. But if he could stay fit, Albion wouldn't be looking for a left back. Um, so it's it's just a tough one with him. But look, if he can stay fit, left back's fine, isn't it? Uh, if he can give you, if he can give you. A- 30 games, I think you take it, you know. Yeah, I agree, yeah. 30 out of 38. I mean, would you take 25? I don't know. 25 isn't a lot, is it? That's give it a, that leaves you with 13 games where you're going to have, and no disrespect to him, but Connor Townsend stepping in, is, is, he, is, he, is he ready to be dealing with the likes of Mo Salah? I'm not saying Kieran Gibbs is, is a Mo Salah stopper by any means, but he's got experience. He knows what he's doing, especially in the top flight. I mean, he's he's played with Arsenal. They were they were playing in Champions League when he was there. So he's got experience. Whereas Townsend, yes, he's a hard worker. Yes, he's done him very well. He's impressed me. Um, but I wouldn't want to see him up against you know the, the caliber of player, not on a regular basis anyway for Albion. Whereas Gibbs, I'd probably be a bit more. Happy seeing. He's won ten caps for England, Kieran Gibbs. But um, yeah, look, they probably want. There's some links today with Ivanovic, um, but I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look into him yet. But but I think we would like a left back if we're being honest. But everyone is going to have to accept that there's only so much you can do. Um, and look, I don't mean to ham Villa, but they spent 140 million to finish fourth bottom last season. Um, yeah. Albion of current, God knows what they've spent so far, but. Well, it's about it's about fourteen million quid, isn't it? Um, having having recouped fourteen fourteen plus the money for for Pereira. Yeah, but that was set aside, sorry, from the budget the year before. So that that, that money has always been um, sort of earmarked for Pereira. So we're looking at fourteen million quid plus they've received a million pounds for Leco. Looks like Kenneth Zahor might go. I'll get something for him. I mean. If they, let's say they get a strike, strike a deal for Carl and Grant that is worth sixteen million in total, but is maybe I don't so know eight, eight, million, eight, eight million, million up front. Season, yeah, I mean look, we're looking at what twenty million quid, like maybe net spend if Le- if Zahor goes and Leko goes, or well, Leko's mm. gone. I mean, it's hundred twenty million less than Villa spent. Yeah, um, but I will tell you what, Albion are going to give it a go. I think I really, I feel so. I feel like they, like I really do think they can stay up next year now. I really, really do. This is it. The business for me. Two weeks ago, before they'd done all this business, I must admit, I was wary. I was worried. I was particularly about this opening game because I think, you know, Leicester. I know they've had a bit of transition this summer and they've lost some players, namely Ben Chilwell. Um, but I was worried that the opener could be. Of, and don't get me wrong it still it still is a tricky game you could quite easily go and get beat quite comprehensively 
but I'm much more confident in Albion now seeing that the players they've already got in if they could get in that extra midfielder and, and that striker I think they could give it a real go I agree I agree shall we get on to questions yeah get on to questions yeah right okay uh, first one comes from GWBA and I'll tell you what it's not an Albion question but I'll ask it I feel you'll probably all answer all the questions I have regarding transfers anyway, so I'll ask you about something else. As an England fan, what were your thoughts of being in recent weeks on players called up and not called up, their behaviour, the lineups, and performances? I'll tell you what, that's a perfect question for you, Joe Massey. Oh mate, I could talk about this all day. I'm gonna have to. I tell you what, I was, I wasn't, I was not happy with with either England eleven. Do you know what um, I'm not happy with? What? I'm not happy with the criticism Gareth Southgate's getting, and I'm not happy with the national press. I feel like something's happened with Southgate and they're sharpening their knives a little bit and just trying to... They're undermining him and it feels like something's turned where he's gone from being this media darling to suddenly they sort of... They're pushing for him to fail, which really annoys me. England have got... I like Jadon Sancho as a player, but I think he's been I think he's been poor for England, if I'm honest. But England have got Harry Kane... Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford, who are three brilliant, brilliant forwards. Hmm. Southgate is try is trying to find a way to fit them into his system. He's played. We all know we got to the semi-finals of the World Cup playing three-five-two. He's experimented before three-three. It's got its flaws with the players we've got, particularly in midfield. Last night he played three-four-three. Didn't work, no doubt about it. Didn't work. But we're a year away from a tournament. You can't blame him for wanting to find a way to get Kane, Sterling and either Rashford or Sancho into the team. You can't blame him for experimenting in a Nations League game, which is a friendly, by the way. I know Nations League games have replaced friendlies, so friendlies are just a bit more competitive. You can't blame him for having a little dabble to try and find a formation for next summer's tournament. That's all he's doing. He's experimenting. He's trying to find a way. And I'm all. F- the criticism. I get where you're coming from. Look, I get like you're playing Kieran Trippier at left back is ridiculous. I get that. Playing Eric Dyer on the left side of a three is a bit silly. You've got two right footed players on, on the left. I get all that. I understand those issues. But we haven't got a left back that's fit. It's not his fault. So I just feel like. I don't. I just. Gareth Southgate took us to the World Cup semi finals basically like. Was it a year or two? I don't know how long it would have been. But after get, after Allardyce was sacked after one game and after Roy Hodgson had absolutely made a... can't even say it of himself, losing to Iceland. He's done a remarkable job. And my God, we've had a couple of boring performances of, of which he's trying to find a way to f- play three world-class players, in my opinion. And he's getting criticism for it. I don't like it, mate. I do not like it. I do not like I honestly, I really don't like it. I get, I get where you're coming from. My only, the only thing I disagree with you on, and I agree with you, Trippier, and I, I made this quite public on Twitter. It is the right footers on the left side absolutely murdered England yesterday in terms of they could they couldn't go forward from that left flank. I think they were getting over in midfield a bit. I don't think the three four three worked. I think that was pretty obvious. Um, Declan Rice do not see what. Ed, what's what every other person seems to see in him? I don't get it, mate. I'm with you. He, completely anonymous yesterday. I don't get um, it. I do not. I felt it. bad. I felt bad for Calvin Phillips because um, he had he had an outlet on his left who was a right footer playing at left back, and then he had Declan Rice next to him doing absolutely nothing. Um, Dyer, I, I know, I know you don't like Tyrone Mings, but he's a left-footed centre back. 
play him at that left centre-back role. I know he's got a mistake in him, but Eric Dyer isn't particularly amazing, I don't think. No, I agree. I think you should have played Tyrone Mings. I think the game was screaming out for an attacking midfielder at half-time, which he didn't bring on until he brought Mant on, and instantly it looked better. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. My only argument would be in that World Cup, we beat sides we were expected to beat. The first time we came up against someone serious in Belgium, we lost. We we took on Croatia, a team I, I think England are on a par with, or maybe even better than. I think they should have beat, and they didn't. We had a massive chance in that Croatia game to go 2 0 up, though. Harry Kane just before half time, that you'd expect him to score and didn't. Which the manager can't be held accountable for, I accept that. But, but at the same time. But I think the point stands, what I said earlier about, you've got to remember where England were after that Iceland defeat and after Allardyce was sacked after a game. To then get us to the semi finals for the World Cup, is, no matter who you beat along the way, is remarkable. I just find it staggering. Like, don't judge. We can judge Southgate after the next tournament. And he's got to learn. He's got to experiment and learn about his players in these formations. And what I will say as final point, when we qualified for the World Cup, the, I think the, the final game, we, we always qualify with games to spare, don't we? Yeah. In the final game, we played. I think we played 3-5-2. And it was a labour... Again, it was similar to last night. It was laborious. It was un, uninspiring. It was couldn't break a team down. And then we played the 3-5-2 in friendlies against Italy and Holland, I think off the top of my head yeah. and we were much much better so just because the 3-4-3 didn't work last night and then obviously we went to the semi-finals of the World Cup in a 3-5-2 so just because it didn't work last night it was the first game it was the first time England have ever played in that system with players who haven't played for seven weeks but like they were rusty and when England haven't played for ten months like I think it's honestly like I'm looking at some of the stuff that's come out today even on the BBC website Knives are being sharpened for Southgate. I think it's absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. One last thing I'll touch on. I thought Connor Cody did really well. I thought Jack Grealish did really well when he came on as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they both did well. Um, next one, next one, next one. Uh, do you think two points from the first four games is a good return, asked Clint McCormick. So Albion's first four games, of course, Leicester at home, Everton away, Chelsea at home. Southampton away I'm glad you said the fourth I didn't know what the fourth one was two points fair what do you know I'll tell you what you look at them fixtures Leicester you wouldn't expect Albion to beat Leicester Everton they've made some good signings they've got a good manager as well in Ancelotti I don't know some people think otherwise Chelsea obviously made some terrific done some terrific business Southampton have been very good under Hassan especially this year Two points. If you get two draws out of them games, yeah, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you're probably talking a home draw against Leicester, which I think any res- I think a result on the opening day would be great, really. Yeah, I think I think if we're being honest, we take a draw now against Leicester just for a result. It's, it's just nervy opening day, isn't it? Get get a point on the board, um, and then what you're saying probably is. You're going to lose at Everton, which, let's be honest, is no disgrace. They've just signed Hammers Rodriguez. They've got Alan in midfield as well. Fantastic player. Yeah, Decora, yeah. Yeah. Who's up front for Everton these days? Richarlison. Richarlison. Richarlison, Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin, yeah. Moise King can't get near it, can they? No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 
it's a tough game, there's no doubt about it. And look, Chelsea at home, I mean, their business has just been absolutely ridiculous. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, they're going to sign a new keeper by the looks of it. Hakim Ziyech. Thiago Silva, mate. I'm not too. Sh- I'm not sold on Silva. Oh, I think he'll Rolls Royce it. I do. I think he'll be. I think he's a good player, but I think he's. A, he's when you're playing for PSG, you get a lot of free passes. And there's a lot of games in that league, and I know. I know people mention the French league and have a laugh about it, but I tell you what, there's some poor teams in that league where he won't have been tested. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see Thiago Silva up against, you know, a Jamie Vardy or someone. Yeah, I think, and then Southampton away, isn't it? You take any away point in the Premier League, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think I think they get a point, as you said. Leicester first home game, I'd like to see them get a point. Southampton away, I think you can get a point. Everton and Chelsea, Chelsea in particular, I can't see having getting anything from them. There's no no harm in that whatsoever. Uh, Everton, as we said, they've done good business. It wouldn't surprise me, especially with them at home. There you get beat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe two points would be good, yeah. Um, look, you're going to aim for more, aren't you? But I think two, I'd probably, would I take it? Yeah, probably. Probably would take it. Is that sad? Not when you look at, you know, some of the other fixtures teams have got. Look at West Ham's start. I can't see them getting a point on the board for, for six or seven games. No. Uh, Hamza Derby, how's life with Wi-Fi, Joe? <laughs> I've had it for a while now. I, do you know what, I was actually thinking the other day. I can't believe I didn't have Wi-Fi for so long. It is absurd when I think about it. I don't know what I'd do without Wi-Fi. Um, and you sort of, like, me and my wife, it sounds crazy because me and my wife can't believe we got through lockdown with two kids and we didn't go out the house, really. Like, it is crazy. I thought I thought back at that the other day. Remember how I could only go out for an hour to have a run? Yeah, you could only go out for an hour. And now it feels kind of remarkable that we did that, but we did do it. Hmm. And it's kind of the same about what well, I can't believe I lasted so long without Wi-Fi. Yeah, but I did. You did it, James Goodby. Do the club still think prices will drop significantly by the end of the window? I'm skeptical. Skeptical of this. Uh, sorry. And so far, there are no signs they will. Grant was mentioned as an example, but if anything, it seems his prices increased further in recent weeks. Um, transfers always drop. They always get cheaper. Always get cheaper. Always, always, always um, closer to the deadline if you are if you need to sell. Um, the issue with Carl and Grant is Huddersfield have, will do still get parachute payments. So they're yeah, not as good. destitute as a lot of championship clubs are. So they're just in a slightly stronger position. But it's their last year of parachute payments. And this is why I think if Albion can structure... Uh, why Albion may not be against sort of structuring a deal why they might not be against structuring a deal where it sees them get cash over the next couple of years because it's a safety net there was an Albion player who went Albion had been accepted for someone who went elsewhere I can't remember who it was now I can't remember who was it I can't remember where did he go? oh easy a breach easy ah uh, yeah um where, I forgot about it, I forgot about him, you know. Where QPR basically, that's what sold it to QPR, was that in this coronavirus world, if you can guarantee that for the next three years, say, you're going to get £5 million in, it's a very nice cushion. Um, so maybe that, so on some level, that will appeal to Huddersfield, but that is the issue with the Grand Deal, I think, that they're slightly in a stronger position than a lot of clubs. But mm. I, 
but I don't see anyone else being in for Grant. I can't. Like, I haven't seen many other people link with him. Um, and honestly, every window fees come down. Um, the closer you get to deadline day, every single window, and that is why transfer deadline day is such a thing. There is a gen. Clubs don't want to bring everyone in at the last minute. Everyone can see the benefits of signing the player early, embedding him into training, getting him to know his teammates, learning how the team plays, playing in pre-season friendlies. There is a massive benefit to that. So no one wants to go as late as it possibly can. I mean, every window, I mean, not, not Albion, but every window, we're always waiting on deadline day for one deal to go through, aren't we still? Do you know what I mean? There's always one yeah. deal that whether, whatever club it's at, submit the paperwork at one minute towards the deadline. No one genuinely wants to work that way. But the truth is, the closer you get to that, that deadline, the more teams become willing to... Well, they not panic, but they think, well, we don't actually want to keep this player or we do need to sell this player. And suddenly they have to, they have to be a bit more sort of open to other things. So prices will come down. Look, if someone comes in tomorrow for Carlin Grant and offers what Huddersfield want, if there's a bidding war for any player, then the fee goes up, doesn't it? It might go up. Yeah. But by and large, fees will come down um, the closer we get to deadline day. They will come down. David Law uh, asks, recall in a previous show you spoke about the importance of a left-back and a central midfielder to enable a 4-3-3. Given the club hasn't, has spent significantly on Dean Garner and still need or want a striker... Are they prepared to go in with what they've got in those two positions? We sort of touched on it earlier, haven't we? That's, I, I, I don't know is the honest answer. We de- they definitely want midfielders. We, I, I know they want Karinovic and I know they want Conor Gallagher. Um, mm. I, don't, I really don't think it's one or the other. I think they want both. Um, then it's all about the money that's left, isn't it? And how they can structure a deal to bring in a left-back, maybe. So, but I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Hmm. Uh, all Albion fans if you had to guess now from what you know when do you think a percentage of fans will be allowed back into the Hawthorns this is worrying because you look at the news and you look at the infection rate um, of Covid I don't think it's going to be anytime soon no no I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess to be honest this thing today where you can't meet up in groups of six and stuff what's a maximum of six um it's just impossible to predict, isn't it? We just don't know what's going to happen with the virus, let alone, and that's going to determine everything. Mm. Um, I really, I mean, I, think it's going to, I genuinely think it's going to take a vaccine to do it. I really hope it's soon because I just, like, I'm so excited to do a season in the Premier League. I've got to be honest, but it's not. I just, it's just not the same without fans there. I want, the, yeah. like, I know I'm very lucky to go in, but I want the whole experience. Not just the, well, just the, the quiet, empty stadium experience. So, mm. oh, I don't know. I don't know. But honestly, I hope it's soon. I really do. So next question comes from Sam Box. Are you guys having a little wager this year like last season? We need to get Luke in his beloved blue and white stripes. Uh, beloved's de- very, very debatable. Um, I- I'm up for an- another little wager if you are, Joe. I love how you say debatable, but not even, but not like, not, not wrong. 
just to I'm make. Putting, it. I'm putting my foot down. It's, it's wrong. It's, nah, it's you had your chance, mate. You had your chance. Infactual. You had your chance. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it'll be. They put us on the spot there, but I'm happy to do whatever you want to do, really. Yeah. Villa to finish higher than Albion. Um, how about? Yeah, we'll do that. Oh, we could do that. Or you could do goals from from Jack Grealish and goals from Matez Pereira. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that one. Is Grealish going to be a Villa player? If Grealish... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'd Uh, back him to score more goals anyway. Yeah, all right. Let's do that. How about I'll bet that Matez Pereira will be involved in more goals than Grealish. So goals and assists assists count. I'll take that bet. Okay. I'll take that bet. Um, and what and what's the what's the what is the the stake? Um, if I don't know what do you want, what if I, uh, I, f- I feel bad making you wear a villa shirt. Yeah, because you're actually you you're, you're actually in the Albion reporter. I'm just kind of the pretend Albion reporter who bounces around a bit. Yeah, you are pretend. That's right. Uh, we'll figure it out, but that's going to be that's that's the bones of the bet. Yeah, anyone got any ideas for what we should wager? Get in touch. Yeah, I like that. But that's the bet. I like that. Cool, Matthias. Um, yeah, it's good that. It's good that. Uh, Sean Lloyd, uh, what's your predicted lineup against Leicester? Let's get on to Leicester because, I mean, we're running. I mean, how long? How long has this podcast been? Yeah, um, we've been a long time. Aren't we? uh, Leicester and City because you're going to be on match of the day too. Uh, just drop that in, shall we? Uh, yeah, I did drop that into you. I got contacted by the producers of Match of the Day too. Um, and Basically, is Luke it. is wrapping up this podcast because he's got bigger things to fry now. <laughs> no, this is you know Albion fans will love this. Listen to this, by the way. So I got contacted, um, and I'll you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them unnamed because they might not want to be named. Uh, this is a message I received. Hi Luke, hope you're well, don't mind me dropping you a message. I work on Match of the Day here at the BBC, BBC and I wanted to get in touch with you regarding an idea for Match of the Day 2 this weekend. For West Brom vs Leicester, we're going to have a montage of match of the ta- on Match of the Day 2 before the match edit with a handful of West Brom fans explaining what to expect from the season. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd be interested in appearing in this feature. It would be great to get a perspective as it would so be brilliant to get a fan's fan. perspective. Are you there as an Albion fan? He thought I was an Albion fan. Of course he did. Anyone ever asks anyone in their right mind would think you're an Albion fan. Well, you are an Albion fan, so... Oh, that is hilarious. So you're going on match of day two as an Albion fan? No, I'm not. Why on earth did we not talk about this earlier? Um, I replied... for the podcast for this. Let, let me just show you my reply, or share my reply. Hi, thanks for getting in touch. Sure, I'd be happy to help you out. I'm not, I'm not a fan, more of a journalist covering the club, but happy to help you out if that still works. <laughs> I'm not a fan, more of a journalist covering the club. Hilarious. Could you not commit and, uh, to that? Could you not say I'm a journalist covering the club? Well, I'm not the dedicated Albion journalist, am I? Oh, just hilarious. Um, oh, I love that. You're on Match of the Day 2 as an Albion fan. Uh, not that should fan. have been the punishment. That should have been the punishment for the bat. If if Pereira and, and gets more assists and goals than Grealish, you have to go on Match of the Day 2 as an Albion fan, but you're just doing it off your own bat. Uh, no, but I, and then I got an email from the producer who who, who then again said, "Oh, um, 
Are looking you sure? forward to I look uh, at your Twitter account and you're ma- it looks like you're massive into the Albion. Is that what you said? This was this oh this was the thing. The last line in this email I got from the producer. One other thing, it would help the piece if the fans participating were there in a West Brom shirt. But if that isn't possible, then no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I replied, just saying, Hi, thanks for the information. I, oh I spoke... my god, this is so cruel. Why did you not tell me this? I'd have got you a West Brom shirt to wear. No, no, no. The club I, would have I, got me a shirt for you to wear on match of day two. I had. This I is had criminal. To. It's I, a criminal opportunity we've missed here. Uh, I've avoided, not missed. Um, I had to reply again. Hi, thanks for the information. I'm not a fan of the club, just a journalist covering them for the Express and Star. I was told this would be okay. Is this the case? In an ideal world, I was hopeful that I wouldn't be referred to as a fan in the production. Oh, I really hope they call you a West Brom. I really hope. If there's a screen grab of you on TV saying Luke Hatfield, West Bromwich Albion fan, that'll be, that won't make my year. Oh, honestly, I, oh, I can so my last that happens. my last line in that email. Being a Villa fan, I do own an Aston Villa <laughs> shirt, although I'm not too sure this would go down too well. I love the fact you've only had like brief correspondence with this bloke, but he can see how desperately you're clinging to it, like everyone else. Just let go, mate. Oh my god, <laughs> let go. Anyway, when's it going uh, out? When's it going out? Uh, match of day two, Sunday night, mate. If you're on the oh god, I can't wait. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have words with them if they. Uh, I genuinely want you know them little yellow pop-ups where it says like the name of like the manager when they're doing like the interview. Yeah. I want one of them saying Luke Catfield, West Brom journalist, not fan. I hope it says West Brom fan. If that, oh. if that, if that says West Brom fan, that you got to make it your profile picture. No. You got to make it. You got it, mate. No, no, no. I'll put a tweet out with the picture making fun of it, but it's not going to be my profile picture. That will be my payment for if Grealish gets more, if Pro gets more assists than Grealish. If that happens and they put a picture of you up saying Luke Hatfield, West Brom fan, I want that as your profile picture for a year. If a Pereira, year? For a year if Pereira gets more assists than goals than Grealish. That's what a I year, want. A man. year is way too long. Even so, I can't, I'm getting greedy here because all I really want is to see that image on TV. That would be the best thing ever. I love the fact now that... that Regardless of the result on Sunday, there's going to be the countless West Brom fans praying. There'll be there'll be so many West Brom fans watching that, hoping they put West Brom fan. I can't believe you've waited so this long into the podcast to tell me that. Oh well, I tried to keep it under wraps. It was, <laughs> it was going to be a surprise. <laughs> no, it's not. It anyway, was, I would say that if it was a surprise, if I was just watching that and it just popped up, Luke Hatfield West Brom, that would have been the best surprise ever. That's what I was hoping for. Like I was hoping that people would be surprised to see me on there and then just tweet a picture of me on there. Obviously not saying West Brom fan. Um, but, I mean, regardless, yeah. I, might, I may well be. I, I tell you, they might not even use my footage now. Imagine that. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the game real quick. Uh, Joe, you still there? I'm still there, mate. Oh, right, okay. Um, I, I, I had a nightmare then you'd gone. Um... Leicester City at home, uh, tough old game, Premier League return, it doesn't really matter how hard the game is, just go out there and enjoy it, it's a shame fans aren't there though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that, I mean look, it's seven weeks to, since promotion has been won, there's no reason, not, and it sounds crazy, cause it's like, but there's no reason not to go into it full of confidence really, it's not a long time, promotion, promotion has just been secured, there's a feel good factor around Albion, look, it's been a great two weeks hasn't it, in terms of Dean Garner arriving, in terms of Robinson arriving, who knows, there may even be an who knows, and might be another player arrived before the game. I've not got any knowledge on that, but obviously things are being worked on. So 
a kind of look. Leicester's squad is fantastic. We know that they were in the top four for the vast majority of last season. They've got some excellent footballers, of course they have. But weirdly, there's a feel-good factor around Albion as it stands. There's not a feel-good factor around Leicester. Um, yeah. I don't mean to go. We're going all Billy big time on, on this podcast, but I actually did a piece for Leicester TV yesterday. Oh, I'll tell you what. There you go. Match of the day two holds nothing to that. Campbell. Oh, mate. Match of the day. I think match of the day two is a little bit bigger deal than old LCFC TV or whatever it was. But <laughs> speaking to the guy there, and he was like, "There's not a great feel around the club." He said that, that last season, if it had, if you'd reversed it and they finished like they started, then everyone would be sort of really excited about the new season. But the truth is, they flew out the blocks were brilliant and then struggled towards the end. And it's because they struggled towards the end, they fell out the Champions League places. So there's just a little bit of a... It's not doom and gloom, of course it's not, but there's not there's not a feel-good factor there at the minute. There is a feel-good factor around Albion. Um, it's going to be interesting. Look, they've lost Ben Chilwell. Looks like James Madison's injured um, for the game. Two obviously important players for them. Two England internationals, if, if, if you can... Classify yeah. Madison in that bracket really doesn't really feature for England, does he? But obviously a very, very, very good player. Um, so look, it's exciting. It's an exciting game. Albion's players are going to be desperate to show they can step up to the to the Premier League play, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to in that first game. They're really, really going to want to prove themselves. This is a very different team to the Albion side that went down a couple of years ago. There's not many players there who've got Premier League experience. Um, off the top of my head, Agassi's got a bit. Gibbs, if he's fit, obviously. Um, Livermore. But for the likes of Shami Ajay, Dara O'Shea, if he plays, Romain Sawyers. Um, it's going to it's gonna be a Mateus Pereira. They haven't experienced top flight football before. So they are going to be desperate to prove a point. They're going to be desperate to show they can step up to that level. I think it's... Uh, Leicester are a damn good side. They're a damn, damn, damn good side, full of threats. But this is a chance for Albion. This is a chance. It's a chance to get a result um, on the opening weekend. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, give me your predicted 11 and match prediction then. Go on. <sighs> 11 is very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Um, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know the 11. I... I mean, what I'll say then is Johnson in goal. Yeah. Um, O'Shea at right back. Yeah. Um, I'll probably go Agazi and Ajay Gibbs. Yeah. I'll probably go midfield three. This is my issue. I think we'll probably look... I'd go midfield three. So we're looking at Livermore, Sawyers and probably Harper. It's just whether yeah. or not a midfielder comes in before that game. And if it was Krivinovic or Conor Gallagher, whether they go straight into the team, I'm not sure... Um, and then I think he might go Pereira on the right Dean Garner on the left and Robinson up top yeah um, but I don't know it's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to, it's, first, it's first game isn't it so predicting it is going to be so difficult um, but it's going to be fascinating it's going to be fascinating and we'll learn a lot from it and it's, and it's the first game so look Leicester are going to be bang up for it Albion are going to be bang up for it it's gonna. They're both gonna be a little bit rusty. They're both gonna be a little bit disjointed. They're not gonna be the team they they are in sort of five six weeks. So 
I just think it's going to be it's going to be a really fascinating afternoon. Should be, and you're going to be the man there because I've just had my accreditation information back, and I am not at the game, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> all you, so it's going to be all you. Um, I'll be tuning in from home. I think we're going to be doing a watch along for the opening day of the season, so um, you can tune into that if you if obviously you're not watching the game yourself. Um, but yeah, that just about does it for us for us our first episode of uh, season four, Joe. Good to be back, mate. I enjoyed it. Yeah, nice break, but happy to be back. Happy to uh, and hopefully Alvin can uh, get their Premier League season off with three points. Eh? That would be a great start. Fingers crossed, mate. Oh, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? That would be the dream. That would be the dream. Right, that does it from us then. Uh, myself, Joe, uh, a fond farewell. Let's hope for three points for Albion to start the season. Can't wait to see you on match of the day too, pal. See you later. <laughs>